Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Fritz Gilbert. Fritz, are you ready to do this? Strong and powerful, absolutely, George. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Excellent. Let's do this. You must have known I've been taking spin class. I'm getting in better shape. You know, I was out mountain biking yesterday. I feel like I'm strong and powerful, but I'm I'm surprised you could pick it up by my voice. So it, I'm, it, I'm honored. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely <laughs> comes through. So. <laughs> Fritz is the founder of the Retirement Manifesto, a successful and popular blog dedicated to helping people achieve a great retirement. He and his wife achieved an early retirement on June of this year at the age of 55. I'm excited to have you on. Fritz, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Yeah, great, George. I appreciate that. Well, I've been married 30 years. We've got a wonderful 24-year-old daughter who is expecting our first grandchild in uh, about a month. So we're heading out exciting. to Seattle Thanksgiving to spend time with her. Yeah, really exciting. Great, great time in life. And, you know, you think about retirement for 30 plus years and, you know, here we just get into retirement and then we find out our daughter's pregnant. I mean, everything's just falling into place. So we're <laughs> going to be able to spend some extended time out there, not have to worry about taking time off of work. And uh, yeah, th things are going well, George. So uh, yeah, I was in the aluminum business for 33 years of uh, variety of different corporate jobs, uh, moved around nine different times all within the U.S., but uh, had a whole variety, you know, mainly focused on kind of the supply chain side of things. The last job I was in was kind of doing the commodity trading for our kind of global headquarters. So, I, you know, I have a lot of different corporate type of jobs and uh, just always saved regularly and uh, fortunate enough to, to be one of the few remaining dinosaurs that uh, have a pension. And I put in 33 years with the one company, which is unheard of, but now I'm reaping the benefits of it. So it, it's really helped to get us where we where we are now. So very thankful. Not kidding. That is a that is an uncommon thing to hear, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad yes. to hear it. So, so you spend and, and have spent a lot of time coaching people about retirement, or just writing a lot of content to help people have great retirements. And so it's been four months for you. So how's it been so far? You know, George, you, you, you as you're preparing for it, you don't really know what it's going to be like right. until you get there. And uh, and I've got to say now, you know, 100 and whatever, 20 days in, it's it's probably even exceeded our expectations. And we've been wildly excited about it for, you know, several years now. So um, at this point, I would highly recommend it for anybody. And if, if you're if you're getting close, hang in there, do what you got to do, because the payoff is worth it. So it, it's a it's a great phase in life, especially if you're fortunate enough to be able to get out early enough that you've still got your health and you can really do those activities that you know that you love to do because now you've got the time to do them so it's 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 a it's a really nice phase in life got it gotcha so there's those uh those famous adages about the the cobbler's kids with holes in their shoes and physician heal thyself <laughs> um but, so how how far in advance were you planning for this this moment for lack of a better term and um <clears throat> do, do, do you feel like you did a, a, a great job what what are some things that, that maybe you would have done differently planning for it? Yeah, that, that's a good question. You know, I, I, I guess like most people, when you're starting your career and you're working the first five or 10 years, you know, my, my I was moving around, I was having a good time. I, I enjoyed my work. You know, I was saving pretty aggressively, not not super saving like the, the real fire community. But, you know, still, I'm, I consider myself kind of the, the outer edge of the fire getting out of 55. And um, so I wasn't saving, you know, hyper aggressively, um, probably 20 percent, maybe on average, you know, it was 40, 50 percent towards the 
latter part of my career. But, um, you know, early on, we we were more traditional, never got into the consumerism. We've always lived well below our means and just kind of did the 401k match. And every year we get a pay raise, let's say you get a 3% pay raise, we'd take 2% of it increase our 401k and just live off the 1% kind of avoided lifestyle inflation by doing that. And, uh, you know, it was, it was the long, the long, slow race, you know, the, the turtle wins the race and, uh, and, and it's been very successful in terms of things we would do differently. You know, I've had people say, Hey, if, if you knew what you knew now about the fire community and things like that, would you have really tried to be a hyper saver and get out, you know, 10 years earlier? Um, you know, I, I don't have any regrets, George. We, we really lived life well. You know, I think, I think, there's a trade-off between living too much in the future and living too much in the present and and life is a balancing act between those two and you know sure I, I didn't get out at 45 I didn't get out until I was 55 those 10 years would have been wonderful but the 30 years that I worked with getting here we had we had a pretty good life balance all things considered you know i I had frequent flyer miles we took our daughter around the world you know we did some really nice vacations i I did use my vacation every year so no regrets there um so i I really don't look back at it and say you know what i would structurally do this or that differently i'm I'm pretty content with the path that we kind of serendipitously found and it's worked well for us well i'm i'm i think that that's awesome and i'm i'm really really glad to hear that so um Another conversation I, I seem to, to have a lot on the show is people who are working to help those who are retiring figure out what they're going to do in, in retirement, because um, now you obviously have a lot more time than you did when you were working full time. So did you and yep. your wife have a pretty specific strategy? Do you have a do you do you, do you keep a pretty strict calendar? Is it wide open? Tell, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting aspect. How do you how do you prepare for retirement? And, you know, I think most people focus on the financial side. And, and you know, we were there. We were focused on the financials. I, I heard somebody on a different podcast yesterday saying, you know, they were saying, what's your purpose? And he said, oh, my purpose is just to save, you know, 50%, whatever. And that's not a purpose. You know, the, the purpose has to be something beyond money. And and I think we fortunately, as, as I've been writing my blog probably about three and a half years now, and, and initially it was kind of focused on the financial stuff. And as we got closer and closer to the retirement date, we knew the financials were going to be fine. My writing just kind of naturally shifted, I think, along with my mindset to some of the non-financial sides of retirement planning. You know, it is important to focus on the non-financial as you get closer and closer to retirement. So the way I kind of coach people and help people, I don't do individual coaching. I've had tons of requests, but now it's a question of what do I want to spend my time on and, you know, maintaining and writing close to a weekly article on my blog takes about as much time as I want to commit to this. You know, we're really trying to enjoy our first couple of years of retirement here and we're, we're going camping tomorrow, as a matter of fact, up in North Carolina. So we're, we're really trying to get away from the screen time and, and I don't want to get into having to do more Skype time with clients and things like that. So I've not gotten into individual coaching, but what I do is I talk about the things that we've done over the last three years and, and it's not just me, 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 it's more about the process and here are the things that we thought about what similar types of things can you think about that you can apply in your own life and and I would say for the last year the majority of that writing has been around this purpose concept you know what are you going to do with your time that really fills that purpose that you might have been getting from work you certainly get you know accolades at work you get you know rewards compensation you know you've got to find a, a community 
you, you've got to find things in retirement that replace a lot of those things that you might take for granted in work. And, and that's the type of things that I, that I write about quite a bit. Got it. I think that, that makes a lot of sense. So what are, what are some of the top things that, that, that you think that people should really be thinking about then? Yeah, that, that's, yeah. How do you, how do you, yeah, I'll tell you one thing my wife and I did, this is just a little tidbit thing, but it works really well. We, about a year before retirement, we said, you know, we want to try new things. You know, I, I wrote 10 commandments of retirement and I, and I, you know, encourage any of your listeners, check out my site and go, go to the 10 commandments. And it, and it talks about a lot of these non-financial aspects of, of how we want to live our retirement and, and see if you can create your own 10 retirements. And that'll, that'll lead you along some of these lines. But one of those is to try new things. And along those lines, what my wife and I did is we, we had a big cookie jar that we put in our bedroom and we had just little post-its there and, and, you know, we try to do each of us would try to do one, one a week. So our thought was if we did this for a year and we just stuffed this cookie jar, neither one of us knew what the other one was doing. We'd have two years worth of activities and they could be small. They could be big. They could just totally random, you know, kayaking down the river to, you know, taking a trip to Australia, right? All, all kinds of different types of things. And, and we stuffed this jar and the intention was once we were retired, we'd start pulling one of these out every week. And it would kind of force us to explore new things. And each of us would have an equal say because we had the same amount of things in the cookie jar. Um, The ironic thing is, you know, we're 120 days in and we've been so busy just naturally finding and challenging ourselves to try new things. We we haven't had to revert to pulling uh, more than we pulled one thing out of the cookie jar so far and that's it. But it's a good thought exercise because it, it, it forces you to think about what would you like to do with your free time. So that's kind of activity related. I think a stronger purpose type of exercise is to look at what can you do with the skills that you have, the, you know, maybe your personality traits, whatever, that, that you can find a way to help other people. You know, I, I do my blog, which I feel is, is helping other people. Um, we, we're involved in a couple of charities. We do pet rescue, you know, things like that. And anything you can find where you're giving, um, I, I think the rewards of that are, are, you know, they're unexpectedly good. So I would encourage people to really look for areas where they can be a giver rather than a taker and, and try to focus on those areas to develop, you know, some ideas. I think that that's great. And I think, I think that uh, I'm hundred percent sure that you writing that article, the 10 commandments, um, of retirement, however long that it took you, and I'm sure that you refined it probably for some time before you actually published it. Um, that had to be a really, really important exercise just in helping you to sort of clarify and organize your thoughts and not unlike doing goal setting, um, just really, we, we, we all know that we're supposed to have goals and we all know that if we talk about them, we, we have a better chance of achieving them, but you actually put pen to paper, then you're really going to have probably a way better chance of getting there. And I know that I know that I talk to my clients and, and, and I often write about also doing that with your values. And so I think that if I can encourage people who are listening, find that 10 commandments of retirement piece and come up with, you know, obviously maybe it'll fit you exactly, but why not do that on your own as well? Yeah. And I, and I think doing that before you retire is helpful 
if you're already retired, go ahead and do it anyway. I mean, it's helpful anytime, but I think, you know, establishing your expectations before you've settled into a certain lifestyle that, you know, you haven't really been intentional about, I, I think is, is, is helpful. Um, you asked another question too, about whether, how, how structured are we? How much do we schedule our days? Um, you know, we, we thought about that. And as we were preparing for retirement, we kind of laid out some hypothetical weeks and we kind of said, well, let's just kind of think about, you know, we recognize that each of us would need individual time to pursue those things that give us individual gratification. We'd also need, you know, together time to go out and do activities, et cetera. So we, we tried to kind of lay out a, a hypothetical week and said, okay, on Tuesdays, that'll be creative day and I'll work on my blog and my wife will do pottery, whatever, right? We filled the week. But surprisingly, as we've gotten into retirement, we've been much less structured and we just kind of take each day as it comes. You know, we'll plan camping trips and things like that. You have to make reservations, you know, and flights out to Seattle. Obviously, you've got to plan that stuff in advance. Um, but what we've done is we've kind of combined that serendipitous approach with a, a some structure around the days. You know, we, we joined a gym, for example, and we're really focusing on physical fitness. Well, there's certain classes that we found that, you know, some I love myself, like spin, some that we take together. And, and we've kind of woven those in. So we have some structure where we know, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, when we're in town, I'll be doing the spin class. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we'll be doing this other class together. So there, there's some structure, but then there's some open time. And I think that combination is, is working really well for us nice i think that that makes a lot of sense no such thing as balance necessarily but you want to find the right rhythm for you and your wife and in, in, in your personal situation so well yeah and you know i think i think to finish that thought i think you know as you work your life is so structured it's not it's not wrong to have intentionally unstructured time in retirement because it's kind of the first time in your life other than weekends you know when you've been working but weekends are busy you're getting stuff done because you got to go to work on monday it take some time and just kind of let things flow for a while and, and, and see what, you know, what settles in. Um, I, I think retirement's a good time to kind of test that approach. So you're saying it's okay to wear your pajamas until noon. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. So I'm, 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 I'm curious what, what are some, some areas that, that you're seeing in the younger generations of folks that are in their 20s? Um, let's just call them the millennial generation, although I'm sort of sick about hearing about the millennial generation yeah. all the time, that you think that are sort of concerning trends that you say, okay, this is a behavior that I think that we should be cautious of, or what rather what advice would you be giving to the younger generations? Yeah, that's that's something I got to think about. You know, I, I look at the younger, is it probably not any different than the older generation when, when we were younger, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a 55 year old guy. I mean, I was 20 once, right? And, and I think sure. any, any age group or demographic that you look at, it, it's hard to do a stereotype about them. Cause you look at, you know, a, a, a huge piece of the fire movement are in their twenties. Good for them. They're saving right. They're aggressive. you know, my concern for them would be don't oversave and don't get so focused on the goal that you forget to live in the present. You, you've got to get that balance that we talked about earlier. So if you're talking about the fire community, I would, I would say, Hey, make sure you, you, you balance the, 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 that passion for fire 
with a similar passion to to do what brings you life today. And and you know if it takes an extra five years before you retire, but those fifteen years of working until you get there are that much better because of it. Hey, think about that trade off. You know, so that that's one thing I see on the non fire side, which obviously is a much much larger of the population. You know, I, I really do worry. You know, with with so many of the the social benefits most likely going to be significantly cut back by the time they're they're able to retire um i just i i really don't think there's a there's a fundamental understanding of the importance of really saving you know while you're young giving those savings time to compound you know, they're not the people that are listening to your podcast, unfortunately, right? Those are the ones that we really have to reach. And my heart really goes up for them. I, the fire community is going to be fine. They've, they've got the principles. They're doing it. It's it's the other 95% of the world that that doesn't have that concept down that I that I worry the most about because, you know, I, I don't think the safety net, there, there's going to be a lot more holes in the safety nets by the time that they're at that age. They're not going to have pensions. You know, they're going to miss the opportunity to get the compounding. And and I don't know how we reach them with that message of, hey, you know, quit living below, you know, don't buy junk, right? Buy stuff that really, truly brings you joy. If it doesn't really bring you joy, don't buy it. Don't keep up with the Joneses. Live below your means. All the basic principles that we all know so well, we've got to find a way to reach, you know, the people that don't apply that while they're young enough to have that compounding really help them out. Yeah, I, I respect and appreciate that. <clears throat> So just, just I, I was just thinking, I think there's probably some folks out there that don't know what FIRE stands for. Can you help us with that? Sure, yeah. It's financial independence, retire early, sorry. And uh, it's basically, you know, it goes back to Mr. Money Mustache. He, he wrote a really, um, really good article about the simple, the amazingly simple math behind early retirement, something to that effect. And it, and it basically shows that the more you save, the sooner you can retire. So it's not rocket science, but it, it was revealing. And, it, and it's kind of sparked a, the recognition in a lot of the younger people that, hey, if, if I save, you know, 50, 60, 70 percent of my savings and, and really I wouldn't some of them live a minimalist lifestyle. But the, the main thing is really focus on your spending and save the rest. Um, you just look at the chart in that in that uh, in that uh, article that he wrote and you can determine, you know, 15 years to retirement, and it's pretty darn accurate, you know, and and uh, it's it's really swelled this whole this whole movement of, and it's starting to get picked up in the mainstream. You know, Kiplinger's personal finance had an article about it last week. Obviously, Susie Orman had her big thing about it that a lot of people heard about, where she she said she disagrees with it, although she's come back on that statement a little bit since. You know, it, it's starting to get a lot of mainstream press, but it's really about really aggressive saving and getting out, you know, before you're 40 years old. And the more ideas like that that can be in the ether and people talking about it, I think I think the better. So I think that that's an incredible thing. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, I do too. Well, Fritz, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? <laughs> My difference-making tip, you know, it's not rocket science. But I really encourage people to do this, and it, and it may not make a difference immediately, but it's really the way, you know, it's so hard. How do you save 30% of your pay? It's impossible. I can't save 30% of my pay. Well, maybe you can't, but the difference-making tip is take two-thirds of whatever increase you get. You get a promotion, 10% pay raise, take 9% of it and jack up your 401k, right? Take every opportunity you have when you increase your income to force yourself to save it and not automatically spend it, and that'll make a difference in your life. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Fritz, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? 
Yeah, thanks again for the uh, for the honor, George. And uh, I'm easy to find, just The Retirement Manifesto. You can look at www.theretirementmanifesto. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just Google me and you'll find me. I'd love to catch up with your with your listeners. And um, if you sign up for my email, you'll get a free net worth uh, template. So if you're not tracking your net worth, you know, sign up and get a net worth template and start doing that if you do nothing else. I love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show for it your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to the retirementmanifesto.com, track him down on social media, and find out what he is up to now that he's just in his PJs until 12 o'clock every day. <laughs> just <laughs> kidding, of course. My is out, George. Thanks yes. <laughs> Well, thank you again, Fritz. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And, and hey, congrats on a great podcast, too. I'm happy for you, and uh, keep crushing it out there in Arizona. Well, th- thank you, sir. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight, because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on! <laughs>